Lord, you have been our refuge from one generation to another. Before the mountains were brought forth or the land and the earth were born. From age to age, you are God. Amen. Amen. So I love that reading from Deuteronomy. I was with someone yesterday and she said, what are you going to preach about? I said, the death of Moses. And she said, oh, that's right. He was punished for disobedience. And I said, you know, I actually don't think that's what that story is about. God tells him to go up onto the mountain and God says, I will show you the promised land. But you're not going. So we can imagine that Moses was probably maybe disappointed. But we're also told that he was 120 years old. And with a little editorial license, it also says that his vision was still really good. You know, that, that's impossible. Sorry. You know, the typical interpretation, or what, what the, the text actually says, it doesn't say anything about punishment. It says God told him that he wouldn't go across because he and Aaron broke faith with God at the waters of Meribah Kadesh in the wilderness. Um, we, we looked at that story a couple of weeks ago. I just, again, I just don't think that Moses viewed any of this sort of as some kind of, of punishment. Because, and so what I want to encourage us to think about is the fact that the end of our lives is not the thing that defines our life. Moses was chosen by God at birth to be the leader of the people Israel. Remember the story? He was saved in the little basket in the river by Pharaoh's daughter. He then had a whole series of complicated interactions while he was raised in Egypt. Then he meets God at the burning bush and God says, guess what? You're going to go back to Egypt and rescue the people from slavery. He was very hesitant. He said he didn't speak well. He didn't have the leadership skills. He really didn't want to go. God said, sorry, you're going anyway. And he does. He goes, and we all know the story. He ends up freeing the Israelites. They come through the Red Sea, and then they wander around in the wilderness for 40 years to go to this promised land that God shows Moses at the end. His life was one of incredible faithfulness. In the midst of... All of that journeying in the wilderness, hunger and thirst and fear and betrayal, he's always interceding for God's people with God. And sometimes he's upset with God and sometimes he's upset with the people. That's just life. But he stays present in whatever he's challenged to do and called to do, and he stays engaged with God. So now God says it's over. You're going to die and return to your kin over here on this side. He lived a life of faithfulness in relationship with God. I like to think of him as God's best friend. 
I mean, he really did get to talk to God more than anybody else in the Bible. And as he's standing up there on the mountain, we can imagine that he knows what's going to happen next because he has blessed Joshua to be the next leader. Joshua will cross over and be the leader for the next part of Israel's adventure. So again, his death and perhaps his disappointment, I don't know, we don't told that, but his death doesn't erase or negate the faithfulness of his life. And so I think that's what this story is about. That's what it's about for us. Our lives are to be lived in the now, in the present. That's what it means to be faithful. When Jesus was asked, what's the greatest commandment? He says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, and with all your soul, and with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. In those words, those ancient words which come from the Hebrew scriptures, he's telling them and telling us to be present. Because loving with our whole heart and soul and mind isn't a theoretical exercise. He means for us to be engaged in the here and now as we love God and love each other. The way to, be, to live a faithful life is to live our lives in all the messiness and pain and joy and wonder that is presented and to do it in touch with God through prayer, through worship, through singing, through serving. Again, Moses shows us what that looks like. He yelled at God. He sang praises to God. He even wrote songs to God. Earlier in Deuteronomy, we're told that God says to him, teach that song to those people because they keep forgetting who I am and who they are. And so if you read, it's a section of Deuteronomy that we never read in the lectionary. But basically, as we all know, we can remember things better if they're set to music. So long song, the whole story, and God says to Moses, teach it to them because they're going to continue to forget. So Moses did all of it for his flock. Even when he was frustrated with them, he loved them and cared for them. He was engaged and present and faithful to what God had called him to do and who God had known him to be right from the beginning. So his death on this side of the promised land is a lot like ours. For we die here on this side of the promised land. But we, like Moses, are given a glimpse of what that other side looks like. As Christians, we know that we will live with Jesus in God's promised kingdom. Where we will all cross over and be gathered in to home together. So in our community here at Trinity, what does it look like to be faithful people engaged in work and worship? I've only been here for a few weeks, but I've already seen the excitement of setting up for the fair. That wonderful tradition of 
bringing our community together with the fun of the stuff and then raising all that money to love our neighbors. In my office, I can hear when the choir rehearses. So I hear the songs of praise. I hear people practicing the organ in here and practicing the piano downstairs. I've watched the trays of food being loaded on Monday mornings to be driven downtown to serve the hungry. And so many other ways we are living a faithful life now. There's one other thing. I've been here for a few weeks, and whenever you arrive in the fall, you arrive in stewardship season. So this is my first time being with you all through this time. Becky did such a beautiful job last week of talking about why. I'm not even going to attempt to go there. But my, my plea is you all know what to do. You've got the card. Just do it. Because it really, we have work to do. We have worship to do. We have neighbors to love and a God to worship. Let's not spend all our time stewing about how we're going to get the money. And having me stand up here week after week after week saying, okay, this is how far we are. we got to get to here. we got to get to here. I just, I'll do it because we need it. And that's how we're going to work together. But what would it look like if everybody just went home after church today and sent in their pledge card? It would open up all the space for us to be present together and engaged together in the work that God is calling us to do. May it be so. Amen.